Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. Uh, I'm your host, Steve, and as always is uh, my co-host, Jen. Jen, you want to say hi? Hello. Uh, so happy holidays happy from holidays. us to you and as such it being the holiday season we thought we'd do a little like a holiday movie review we'll be re- reviewing movies that we've seen recently and we're pretty sure are still uh, in theater I think like at least two of mine are definitely still in theater one should be in theater I feel like I think all of mine are except one is an indie film so it might be harder to find okay fair enough fair enough um so you know what let's uh get right into it so uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start uh oh I guess we should have talked about this before hitting record yeah um I can start you want to okay okay let's go so the movie that I wanted to start with is one of my favorite movies of the year it's um it's an indie movie called Lady Bird. I really want to watch this it's movie. It's so good. Especially if you like coming of age films. It's definitely right in that can. It is a coming of age film. So it's actually directed by, um, do you know Greta Gerwig? Mm. She is an indie darling. She I was in Frances Ha. Um, gosh, she's in a bunch of things that now I can't remember. But like, she's one of those people who have been in a lot of non-mainstream movies. So in that circle of, um, in that circle, she's widely regarded as, you know, like Miss Indie Chick. Um, but this is her first foray into directing. Mm. And she wrote the film as well. Um, she's not in it at all. So it stars um, <coughs> Saoirse Ronan, who is um, the Irish actress who was in Brooklyn and uh, okay. Atonement. Um, but you know, the movie is just, is, is just about kind of the ordinary life of a high school senior who is dealing with self-discovery and boys and having a tumultuous relationship with her mom. And, um, the mom is played by Laurie Metcalf, who is, I guess, most well known for being in Roseanne. Um, Oh, the sister, right? The sister. She is really good in this movie. Um... Lady Bird comes from so her the sort uh, character her <clears throat> name's Christine but she's given herself the name Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Um, somebody is like, "What is your given name?" And she's like, "Well, I gave this name to myself, so it's Lady Bird." And it's really funny, but she's a weirdo, you know. She has a ton of flaws and she makes a ton of mistakes, but she's also very endearing and strong and um, and like nothing dramatic really happens in the movie. Like mm. it's not about any one event that changes the course of her life or anything but you know that's what life is right just like a montage of moments um and you know this is not a spoiler but like even the end there's no dramatic resolution of anything but i feel like you still come away feeling satisfied um for a short period it was the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes at oh, 100%. I don't know what critic decided that it was their job to bring that down. So now I think it's 99 or 98%. Uh, um, but I think across the board, people like really love this movie. I love this movie. And um, I just, I, I hope she makes more movies, like she directs more movies. Cause just like for a first time director, like, just the assured pacing and the tone that she sets in the movie is like pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I like character driven like movies. So like this one really, um, like her ability to like pull these like ranges of emotion from like 
the main character and the, all the other characters. Like, it's just great. Um, and uh, what's his face? Jonah Hill. His sister is in the movie oh. um, as a character. And, like, she was also one of my favorite characters in the she's movie. Good. So she's really good. And it's just, it's a, it's a good movie. If you can find it, I like, you should watch it. Um, but because I think it's just, it's a limited release. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I, th- I don't think it's in too many theaters around our area. You might have area, to, like, so. into a larger city to watch it. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Okay. Um, I didn't know this was her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. that's, that's super interesting. I'd, I'd seen the trailers, and I'd heard other people talk about it, and I heard it was a really good set in Sacramento, yes. right? Yes. And specifically in the year 2002? Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, are there any... Uh, I don't know how to ask this. Like, does... 9-11 kind of play, and I don't mean like the whole like, oh, I can't believe this happened in New York, but like the whole like theme of like, oh, um, like anything could happen. Any, and because like there are some movies, like there were after 9-11, there were a lot of movies that were like made about 9-11. I don't do mean like remember, that. Do you remember the Robert Pattinson movie called Remember Me? No. It was like one of his first movies after Twilight. Twilight. He became really big about Twilight, mm-hmm. and the movie isn't about. 9-11 at all until the very end because something happens and it's like oh like like the 9 and 11 like affects everything mm. but like so like it was just a movie that just wasn't billed as a movie that was affected by that in any way and mm-hmm. then they like sucker punch you by including the event to like make a statement mm. or whatever uh-huh. um but no, I, there's no references to that, but um, there's a really great Dave Matthews band song that they use in the movie, and it just, like, brings you back to, like, the time. At that time? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Uh, and, and they said that they, um, I think she had to write to him to ask to use it, because uh, they couldn't necessarily, like, afford to pay for it, right. and he totally was like, that's fine. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. No, I'm, I'm very much... I'm going to try to see this movie, like, for sure. Um, so my first one is a movie that made a ton of money. Uh, it's, like, the exact opposite of Lady Bird. This is a Thor Ragnarok. And I'm sure, like, I've had this as one... I'm pretty sure I've had this as one of my sessions in, like, a previous podcast. Um, but this is a movie that, if you're, like, sick of comic book movies, if you're sick of, like, sequels and franchises... Um, this is that's okay you can watch this this is a standalone movie okay. like you don't so I can go watch it right? you can go watch it without having seen previous stuff okay. and you can watch it and be like oh like you don't necessarily it doesn't just because you watch it doesn't mean like you have to watch other the other like Avengers or like other Marvel movies like afterwards like you could just watch this go in and like enjoy it okay and it, it, it's pretty fun um this is the I would say originally I was like oh Guardians of the Galaxy is like the most original like Marvel film yeah and I think this one takes the the cake really sure. yeah I think so okay um I still think excuse me I still think the first Guardian is is better just because like that was so new mm-hmm. but this one takes it to like another level and this is probably the weirdest Marvel movie like 
to date. Weird. Weirdest being like it's the furthest from its like normal paradigm. Like they usually, it's like this is usually how it goes. Like this is Act One, this is Act Two, this is Act Three. You know, we throw some stuff that includes all the movies. We have like a cameo Mm -hmm. here and there. You know what I mean? Uh, This is the one that is like furthest from that, I would say. And um, the shocking thing to me was how much I liked, I've I've always liked Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. but when I watched this movie, like, I couldn't help but think, like, wow, Chris Hemsworth does Chris Pratt better than Chris Pratt. You know? Yeah. Like, it makes me like, not Hemsworth more, I always liked him, but it makes me like Chris Pratt less. But why, why are we... Because they play such similar roles. Okay. Like, like, their characters are so different until this movie where it's like, um, like, Thor plays like a very like star lord chris pratt ish like character where he's like oh he's like dumb but he's like funny but he's like smart mm-hmm. and he's like hero what does it like mean to be a hero you know what i mean um besides like the sexual innuendo stuff mm-hmm. like minus that it's they're like identical except hemsworth is it seems like he's trying a lot less Okay. You know, and this was the first time where I was like, "Oh, this this guy, this guy is just—he's more than just like a, a guy with an accent." Yeah, yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. A guy with an accent with like a, a pretty face and like huge traps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So he was great. Um. The God Anthony Hopkins is in it for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what it's I like mean? Like a memorable. <laughs> Not really, okay. but there's there's one scene that like I, I don't want to spoil too much where he. I get to you get to see him do comedy for like the first time ever for me. Like I, I don't like I don't especially think like Sons of the Lambs is like funny or anything. You know, I'm but, glad you don't yeah. because then we just have a conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he he like plays for like jokes mm-hmm. for like this like two minute segment and it is so funny. You know, um, and then Tom Hiddleston is like good in it and. Um, Tessa Thompson, she's from Creed. Mm-hmm. She is so good. I love her. She's so good in this. Okay. The only one I feel bad about is Idris Elba. Um, he's like in it, but like, man, like they're doing my guy dirty. Like, I don't know. I feel like he should maybe like do something else, man. You Why? know what I mean? Because he's he's like in it and like sparingly, but like they give him so little to do. Mm. That's the only. That's he's the only one. Like I kind of felt. Bad for. Do you think he just really wanted to be part of this universe that he was like, I'll take whatever part? You know what? I I have a feeling. So he was in, he's been in all the Thors, right? And so I'm assuming it's just like part of his contract where like he has to show up for these things. Ah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's still making millions, right? Or oh, whatever. yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know who else is great in it? Kate Blanchett who I, like, ride for mm. so hard. Yeah. Um, it's, you know what it is? It's, like, it's so wonderful seeing serious actors yeah. take these silly roles so seriously. Yeah, like Tilda Swinton. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they they just go all out, and I, like, really appreciate that. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know what it is about, like, um, specifically, like, it's not that they're British, but, like, theater-trained actors yeah that like they sell it so hard yeah. and it's like both uh convincing and like hilarious at the same time you know what i mean um so i would 
highly suggest you know watching it um it's not too long i believe it's under two hours so it's like it's pretty quick okay you know and you're like, like in and out pretty, like short for especially for a marvel yeah. movie with a lot of yeah. and because this doesn't have a lot of exposition you know what i mean um the only part that was kind of i don't want to say uh annoying but was just like so such a heavy-handed like cameo was like um benedict cumberbatch is in it as like dr strange for a little bit is he like He's in it for like, yeah, he's in it for like thirty seconds. You okay. know what I mean? I was like, you didn't need to do that, but like, whatever. You know like what they're mean? like pulling all the stops to like bring all of the people that they yeah, I guess can call uh, to be in it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it was it was definitely good though. Oh, um, and I don't think this is a spoiler because because of the trailer, but Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. is in it, and, and Mark Ruffalo is always great in everything that he's in. Um, so yeah, he literally named all of the Marvel. Yeah. right they're all in this movie they're like besides like two of them yeah they're like range they're like, from like two minutes to like you know two hours exactly their their parts range from like two minutes to, to two hours um yeah but it's fun it's fun it's light doesn't require a whole lot like you're not like oh what do these infinity stones mean what is you know what is this how does this like implicate like other ca- no it's just like it's a standalone I mean, obviously, I just named a bunch of people that are in it, but it's a, a pretty standalone film. You can just watch it okay. from beginning to end without caring about what happens before and after. I can still go watch it. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Like, they're still playing. I think so. I'll look okay. it up, but when... Because I was trying to watch... Um, find showtimes for one of the movies i'm talking about later mm-hmm. and like i still th- saw okay. it in like other theaters so it's just playing at noon exactly like, that's yeah. the only thing yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah i'm looking at it now and it's still playing okay, for cool. sure yeah. i will go watch it all right uh what's your next one so i really recommend this movie um especially like who um if your kids are home from school over the holidays to take with you it's a it's a family film based on a um, middle grade book called Wonder. Um, It's a best-selling novel by um, R.J. Palacio. It's about a boy who has um, congenital facial deformities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he... I'm assuming that is exactly what it sounds like? Yes. He's like a little bit unrecognizable as a human being. Okay. You know? Um, a lot of people ask him, like, oh, were you in a fire? Like, that kind of... Oh, gotcha, gotcha, So, by the time the movie opens, he's, like, in fifth grade, and, like, he's already had 27 surgeries. Yikes. Um, but uh, after years of being homeschooled, like, the movie picks up where... where at the point where they decide to put him in, like, a private school. Mm-hmm. So he has to go to school and interact with people. Um, you know, obviously looking the way he looks and kids being who they are, he gets predictably shunned, but eventually finds his way and discovers friends. And um, and the movie is also about his family. So, like, his parents are pay- played by Owen Wilson and Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts right. who's so fantastic. Um, and then he has this older sister, so, like, it delves into, like, older sister's life for a little bit. So it goes through... Um, and then, like his best friend at school like so like those are kind of like the viewpoints that the movie follows Mm -hmm. um you know it's like a really beautiful story about love and like family and friends and acceptance and um it it tugs at the heartstrings but it's not like pandering in any way oh that's good i hate it when they do that yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it's just a really sweet movie. Like the book is so great. I think the book may be required reading for a lot of middle school because it really does teach kids really? about like acceptance and like tolerance. What? Um, because you know, like, yeah, for kids, a lot of the times, and for adults, um, like looks mean a lot and first impressions mean a lot and like obviously like this kid looks different and but like is this normal like sweet kid on the inside but you wouldn't know that if you've already written him off as you know being a monster or whatever um the kid who plays him had to spend hours in the makeup chair obviously um but it's jacob tremblay who was in room Oh, um, with um, Brie Larson right. a couple of years ago. He's so good in this movie, even though he's like not recognizable. And then the kid who plays his best friend, like I thought he was like the cutest kid ever. So I like totally like was like he's so cute. <laughs> um, but you know, like I think the cast really sells the story, and like it was really nice to see Julia Roberts on screen. Like I love Julia Roberts. I remember the last time I saw her on screen. Yeah, I can't remember what her last movie was, but. Um, Family Stone. God, really? Mm. Um, you she's know that, good, though? She's good. You know that trademark Julia Roberts laugh? Yeah. yeah like yeah. The big one? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah. she does it in the movie. It's just, like, so nice to see. And, um, yeah, so I would totally, totally recommend this. Okay, great. Um, that segues perfectly into my film because, like, anytime I add... I think they came out, like, the same weekend. Um so uh, my next movie is Disney Pixar's Coco, which I love so much. I know this because you texted me. <laughs> Did I text you like right after? Yeah, and you're uh, like Coco was so good. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked you if it was better than Moana, and you were like, uh, like a thousand times. I was like, you know oh, what? Okay. I I've gotten some pushback on that from some of I my mean, friends. Honestly, I haven't watched Moana yet. Oh, you don't need to. Yeah, that's what you told me. That's what oh, is that what I said? Yeah, to? Oh, okay. yeah. I think I think. Um, yeah, I, I won't talk about Moana, um, because that's, like, a fine film, um, but Coco was, was so good. It's, um... Is it a musical? There, no, but okay. there There's is... no singing in the movie? Well, there, there are some songs. Okay. But it's not, like, you know, in, like, Disney films where, like, oh, we're going on an adventure, let's sing. You know, it's, like, in this, because it's about a little boy, um, mm-hmm. who wants to be a musician, but his... Sorry, this reminds me of Riverdale's art. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's about this this boy, uh, Miguel, who wants to be a musician, and for a variety of reasons, his family um, isn't into music, right? And so every time there's a song, it's because like, oh, I have to perform at like this uh, music competition. I have to, um, you know, get this person's uh, attention in like a crowd. So let me sing. You know what I mean? And have everyone, like, look at me, like, they're, they're, oh, there's a concert. I have to sing. You know what I mean? It's not, like, out, it's not, like, you know, like, in Glee or whatever, where it's, like, oh, we're going to sing about, like, our feelings or whatever. No, it's, like, it's because, like, oh, hey, there's I need to get a, reason. there's a reason. Yeah. Like, I need to grab a guitar. No like, let me sing. No one into song. No one, exactly. No one's just breaking yeah. into song yeah. and dance. Um, so, it is, I don't want to say it's, like, my favorite Pixar film, but uh, it, it, it's definitely on like the short list of like best Pixar films mm-hmm. for sure. And what's nice is, um, you know, I think uh, they were gonna name it like the Day of the Dead in Spanish, yeah, right. But then and then they tried to like trademark that phrase, 
by like adding like uh, an article. Like in, instead of like Day of Dead, it was like Day of the Dead, and they were gonna like try to trademark it, yeah, and then sell like merchandise and stuff. And a lot of um, Dios, like, Dia de los Muertos, yeah, yeah, and, and then um, I think a lot of people and like um, like Hispanic social activists were like, "That's like really jacked up that you're trying to profit off like the name." They're like, "No, no," and Coco will go with, yeah, and we'll then we'll go with Coco, yeah, and then uh, a lot of the. One of the people that were, like, the main, um, like, people complaining, they, like, brought them on as, like, consultants mm. as and stuff for the film. And they made sure to have, like, um, I think, like, a Mexican-American as, like, one of the co-directors of, like, the film. Because they wanted to make sure it was, like, really, like, right. And so the nice thing about Coco is, like, it's a film about, like, a Mexican-American family. Um, and it's not that like they're living in, like, Texas. Like, they're, they obviously, they it seems like they live in Mexico. Okay. Um and uh what's nice is that like it doesn't feel overly like they're trying to be like oh this is mexico it's like mm-hmm. they speak in english yeah. i mean granted with like accents and yeah. stuff but i think you can it's not like they hired john ham to do like a mexican accent right, right. you know what i mean they, I, I'm, like, cast, they like, cast mexican hispanic. and hispanic uh americans and it is it is so good where it's like you can see the influence but from the culture and from like the relationships but not it's not like overtly stereotyping or anything and so it's it's wonderful it's phenomenal everyone should go watch okay, it I'll go watch it uh, my wife and I were like bawling at Seriously? the end yeah I, I was like trying to hold it together and I like I was like I was getting so emotional and it, it was hard and I took um, like uh, some of the kids that I work with to watch it right and um, one of them at the end was like, nah, I can't do this. And she just started crying and we started laughing. Not at her, but yeah. it was just because it was so ridiculous. Like the kids started crying. I had watched it before, so I was like bracing for yeah. it. So I was, I was fine. Can you imagine if it was the first time you're watching it and then you start falling? Oh yeah, no, I, I, no, they wouldn't respect me then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was great. You should def. everyone should, should watch it. It's, it's so good. Okay. The only the only thing, though, I totally forgot. There's, like, a 25-minute... I was going to ask you about that. Yep. Um, for most Pixar films, there's, like, a one- or two-minute, like, animated or digital short. Um, this one, instead of that, there's, like, a 25-minute episode of, like, a Frozen episode. Yes, and a lot of people have very vocal yeah. thing for it. Yeah. But they are taking it out. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And then they were saying, like, Disney was like, no, it was never meant to be, like... Um, because people were like, are you doing that because of, like, all the backlash you got about, like, how bad this Frozen short is? But they're like, no, like, it wasn't meant, it was never meant to play, like, in the long run. It was only meant to, like, run for, like, a short limit. Oh, and just time. for the holidays yeah, or something, something right? like that. So they're taking it out, or they've taken it out. But mm-hmm. was it bad? Um, it was just... It wasn't great? It, it wasn't great. I, I, I didn't, like... I, I couldn't even finish Frozen in general, so yeah. I'm not, like, a Frozen head or whatever, so yeah. I was, like, super... You're not a Frozen fan? No. Oh, the other thing is, you know what was really cool is... I didn't know this, but, like, when we watched it the first time, we happened to go in one where, like, the subtitles were in Spanish. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's, like, they are clearly, like, hey, listen, like, um... They want everyone to really enjoy this. Yeah, film. you know they're trying to make it to access as accessible to as many people as That's possible. Great. Yeah, so I'm it was it. it was great. Uh, what's your next one? Um, 
My next movie is the most nominated movie at the Golden Globes this year. It's called The Shape of Water. It's um, it's billed as a fantasy romance. It's by Guillermo del Toro, who directed like Pan's Labyrinth and um, what else? Did he Hellboy do? Two, I believe. Hellboy Two. Like he, I thought he only did horror, and then I like looked at his IMDb page, and I was like, oh, he's done a lot of great, like different things. But the movie is so like. Gorgeous and magical, um, but you know because it's a fantasy. It, it's some of the things that happen are kind of predictable. Oh, interesting. Um, and then some of the characters are kind of one layered. So like mm. the villain is like there's no depth to it. like right. he's just very one dimensional. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that like, played by Michael Shannon? Yeah, okay. and then you know it's the heroine who needs saving, and then there's the prince, quote unquote prince, who saves her, which turns out to be this like monster figure, right. like a fish. Um, but like you know, funny story. Like I kind of wanted to see it, and I thought I was gonna go by myself, but then like my friend Christina, who like I didn't think would be into this, um, was like, I kind of want to watch the Shape of Water, and I was like, I do too, and she was like, yeah, let's go, and then. Um, I was like, oh, but I'm, like, kind of scared because it looks scary and, like, I'm, like, really, like, I, I just, like, don't like watching scary things in the theater. It's too and big. Yeah, it's too big, too loud. And then she was like, what are you talking about? It's a romance. I was like, no, I know, but, like... Pan's Labyrinth can get scary sometimes. I think direct Pan's Labyrinth and she was just like, yeah, but the trailer makes it look like it's, like... <laughs> whimsical like Amelie and I'm like I watched I was like I watched the same trailer and I thought it was a thriller <laughs> so like I don't know what we're taking away from this like, trailer and it turns out like I was a little bit more right than she was because it is kind of there are moments that are kind of like scary and like um because it's about good guys bad guys and like you know it's just it's it's kind of like an edge of your seat thrilling mm-hmm. um which you know in my world is a little bit too scary for the big screen but it's just an enchanting like world and the um the main character and her neighbor who's played by richard jenkins mm-hmm. like their characters are so heartbreaking and like full of depth um but, like, but as I said before, like, some of the characters are a little bit more one-note. Like, Michael Shannon's character mm-hmm. is very one-note, and I hated him, which I guess is the point. And then Octavia Spencer, who I think is just so great on everything that she's in, even her character kind of borderline, like, the sassy, black, wise friend mm-hmm. role. So mm-hmm. it's, like, that kind of stuff's a little bit unfortunate. Is she from Hidden Figures? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, and then, you know, the main character in the movie, who's played by Sally Hawkins, like, she plays a woman who's mute and uses sign language as her main mode of communication and so she doesn't speak at all in the entire movie but it's still it but i think she's so good and it's like so fascinating to watch except now there are controversies that like they didn't hire somebody who like who is actually actually mute mute or actually deaf like to like and she's not deaf but like who uses sign language um instead of like a perfectly like you know legitimate like you know um, but I think she's just really, really good in this, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, there are a couple of, like, nominations in her, like, coming up, uh, in her way soon. Oh, um, man. the only other thing that I wanted to mention, so, like, with the exception of Michael Shannon, um, everybody else got nominated for, um, oh, a Golden Globe, in addition to, like, Best Drama and, like, Best Director, Best Score, Best, uh, Screenplay, but the, the glaring absence is... His name's Doug Jones, and he plays the fish, the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. the fish monster guy, and 
I think as we get more and more, and like, you know, people have been saying this for years, but like, like, like Andy Circus yeah. and like all of the work that he's done, like maybe creating a category that like recognizes that kind of work because yeah, he's not like speaking and like communicating in the way that you think or the way that all the other actors are, but he's still acting and he's still manipulating um, movements um, to portray this character. So it's just, it's just kind of like an interesting thing to think about, Um, but it's good. Um, I think it also was highly rated in the the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think so too. Do you think it's as good as it's being hyped about? Like, I mean, people are talking about this as like a best picture like front runner. I don't think it's a best picture winner. I think it's pretty good. Mm, yeah, I think okay. it's pretty good. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, great. Um that is a perfect segue to my next movie cuz I have there's I, I mean, I don't know what the odds are. I don't know what the odds are, but um if they were long enough, I might put down a little friendly wager that this movie might be nominated for best picture and that's gonna sound crazy it's crazy it's not going to because <laughs> this movie is uh star wars the last jedi mm-hmm. uh episode eight um very i didn't i had no idea it would be so divisive coming out of the theater why is it divisive you know what there are people who that's such a great question there are people who wanted very specific things from this movie because star wars is you can make an argument that Star Wars is probably, like, the last piece of, like, monoculture left in, like, pop culture. You know what I mean? Like, whether it's, like, TV shows or, or movies or, or music, um, everyone has, like, their own niche. Like, oh, I like this kind of stuff. You know, especially with, like, online streaming, it's, like, or, like, you know, the whole, like, oh, uh, Spotify versus, like, actually buying albums. Like, you can curate your own viewing and listening um tastes and like even for tv it's like we don't even watch it at the same time anymore mm-hmm. you know what i mean um but star wars is like the last piece of like pop culture that like has so many people like devoted to it you know what i mean and has like such a it's not even a cult following it it's just like a general population following um and so a lot of people have very not even high expectations it's like they have very specific expectations like these things need to happen these characters have to do this these characters have to do that you know um and ryan johnson who um previous previous works include uh looper he he was just like nah he was like i'm making a a a movie i'm and i'm gonna make it a really good movie and it's uh i think it hurt a lot of people's feelings, mm. like the stuff that he did. You know what I mean? Because there's, it relies very little on nostalgia, and it relies very little on fan service. And those are things that, if you're going to take the biggest pop culture thing of the past like fifty years and bring it back, a lot of these things, like a lot of these throwbacks and remakes and sequels rely specifically on fan service and nostalgia so question if it's not relying on those two items mm-hmm. then for the lay person who is not into star wars who has rarely watched the you know recent forays into the universe can go into it and be totally fine yes okay Yes, you okay. don't need. Don't look that Steve. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. Like, 
you know, um, I would say you probably have to watch The Force Awakens just for plot points. But if you did, is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix right now, right? Uh, you know, Rogue One is on Netflix. Oh, what's The Force Awakens? That one's the one that came out t- not last year, but two years ago. That was like the first Star Wars in like twenty years or the, whatever. Does um, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are in that right? Yep, yeah, yep. I think that's on. Netflix. It might. Oh, okay. oh, if it is phenomenal. Okay. If it is phenomenal. Okay. Um, and that you just need to watch for like specific plot points. But yeah. even then, it's like you could go into this and like not without having seen it and. The I, no, I'm without spoiling anything, obviously, but like at the end, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't even need another one. Like this, like I, this is phenomenal. Like you could, you could start with this and then end with this, and I would be completely satisfied. Like this has given me a lot of like peace. You know what I mean? Um, I think, and we talked about this last year, but no, I'm sorry, two years ago, which is that like you know after the Force Awakens, I think that's around the time we even started this podcast you know um i had like a lot of thoughts about it and it was like i was really conflicted and they were like oh it was good but it wasn't great and i like this i didn't like that blah, blah blah um like this is just like the best directed star wars like by far interesting yeah oh yeah by far and like the ideas that that ryan johnson plays with really like and this is where it gets divisive it really this whole universe where like we've had these rules and these tropes and um like these guidelines that we've always played by he just turns it upside down okay you know and uh it's certainly the most beautiful okay by far and yeah you don't need to go in like knowing a lot because a lot of this stuff that you thought you knew, he's just like, nah. Nah. Yeah, and so it's interesting because they made seven. J.J. Abrams makes seven. Ryan Johnson makes eight. They're like, who's going to make nine? Because Colin Trevorrow, is that how you say his name, from Jurassic World? Mm-hmm. They fired him. And then they had they brought J.J. Abrams back to do nine. Um, and people were like, oh, like that's interesting. Like, J.J. Abrams to do nine. Um, what are they going to do after that? And then Kathleen Kennedy, who I believe is the head of Lucasfilm, was like, that's it, we're done after nine. No Ryan, Ryan Johnson is going to do his own trilogy okay. after this. I haven't, that it like doesn't continue the story. Like These movies very much continue the story Are of the original trilogy. new characters? New totally. Okay. Same universe, but like totally new. Totally yeah. Okay. And so... Um, yeah, it's it's insane because I was talking with a friend of mine who was like, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, it's something silly like the critic score is like ninety three and the audience score is like fifty seven, something like that. So it, a lot of people who don't have, mess with Star Wars fans yeah. or or mess with it, and you know people will learn to appreciate it because this is this is phenomenal. I, I have I've had really heated discussions with people who disagree with you disagree they hate it okay. and you know when i present the arguments they'll say things like oh then this one should have been seven or they should have ended it here don't have nine i'm like hey listen like you can't that's not his fault yeah you know what i mean like it's not this guy's fault that they gave him the eight the, the middle one and he like blew it out of the water and like it makes seven look bad and it's like how are you gonna do nine you, or like what are you gonna do in nine you know what i mean like it's not his fault like he made such a spectacular movie you know what i mean um it's so good that someone you and i know who is we try keep trying to get him on the podcast and i feel like when he likes something it's like oh 
then like most people should like this, mm-hmm. you know, because he's the same person that like, if you kept, if you can capture his attention for two hours, right, then you've achieved something. Um, he was like, it was great. <laughs> he was like, it was great. And I was shocked. I was shocked he said that. Okay. Yeah. So you don't, I would say just like try to breeze through seven because it's not that great of a movie. It's like not terrible, but yeah. it's like, it's all right. Um, but it relies a lot on like nostalgia and fan service. So if you didn't, if you're not like a fan of like Star Wars, it might be a tough watch. Yeah. Um, but if you can get through this and then watch this one, yeah. watch eight, like, oh. Can just go watch eight? You know what? Yeah, you should. You, you're like, just do You it. could just Wikipedia seven and then watch like eight. I don't like you. I don't. I don't understand reading. <laughs> I although I will say I I had the Shape of Water Wikipedia page open the entire time I was watching the movie because while you were watching, yeah, because I wanted to know what happens next and whether I should like cover my ears or eyes. I've done that. I've I think that. I was probably really annoying, but I just I need to. So yeah, okay, I will read through seven and go watch eight. All right, excellent. Okay, cool. Great. Um, do you have another one? Nope. Okay, all right. So then why don't we take a break here, and then we'll come back with our obsessions of the episode. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, so let's move on to our obsessions of the episode. Um, you want to go first, or you want me to go first? I can go first. Oh. Um, mine is a show on ABC, my favorite network, um, called Kevin Probably Saves the World. It stars Jason Ritter. He is a, um, he plays Kevin, who um, survives, like, a suicide attempt and um, moves back in with his twin sister, Amy, who is a recent widow, and her daughter, um, who is a teenager. Um, And, like, you know, he's kind of down in the dumps, and then shortly after, he discovers that, um, that he, through this, like, celestial angel person um, who felt blows him around um that he's that god has tasked him with saving the world and he is doing so by helping the people around him little by little Mm. um so only he can see this celestial being so then like people just think he's crazy because he's like having conversations with this like woman uh who's telling him what to do and he's just like i don't want to do that but like but like imagine like you're walking down the street and you're like seeing somebody like talk to nobody um and then like the series i think it's just like a mystery because like there's supposed to be like 36 righteous souls in each generation um and like for some reason like heaven is the only one left so, like that like trying to get to the heart of that mystery uh-huh. but it really is just about like him like figuring out ways to help people along the way and like like the episodes kind of feel like procedurals or like one-offs because like each episode like he helps somebody right, like, right, right. by the end of the episode like he turns somebody's life around or like whatever um but like there are moments that are like unexpectedly moving hmm. and um and the show never feels like it's like pandering for okay. that kind of good 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 like i have issues with like this is us because i feel like it's like totally pandering to like for people to like cry and like yeah it um, wants it wants you to for that cry. kind of reaction and like this is not the same um i think it's on like on tuesdays at 10 or something like that but um abc mm-hmm, on abc it got picked up for like three more episodes so it's not canceled but it's not i don't think it's doing like too super well and the ratings either so 
You guys should watch it. I like it. All right, yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely actually give that a try. Um, mine is, you know, Jimmy Kimmel every once in a while does, like, mean tweets, and uh, he'll do, like, celebrity ones, he'll do uh, NBA ones, um, but my favorite is um it, it's not from too long ago they did uh mean tweets that celebrities read about jimmy kimmel mm-hmm. and one of them was uh larry david he's one of the celebrities tasked with reading a, a mean tweet about jimmy kimmel and apparently i didn't know this but for mean tweets they don't give you just one they give you like a multiple bunch, yeah. like they give you a bunch and they select one that's like the funniest or whatever and apparently his were so his reaction to like the tweets were so funny they made a video of just the ones that he read and I had you watch it like during our break and it is it's so funny like him losing him like not being able to uh, like not laugh is so funny and I have I actually have a confession to make I've never seen I've only seen one episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm I don't think I've ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm and this this like small YouTube video like made me want to watch or start like Curb Your Enthusiasm but uh, yeah I mean I just watch it. It's anytime you're in a bad mood, just like watch this. And I, at least for me, it makes me feel better every time I'm in a bad mood. So yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. So hopefully, um, you know, uh, you guys will get a chance over this holiday break. Uh, if you need, because uh, I, I think all the movies we'd mentioned, they're all stuff you can go see with your family, like for sure. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. In varying degrees. Yes. Which, wait, 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 wait. Don't watch Shape of Water with your tiny children. <laughs> Okay, besides besides Shape of Water, you can see that with a significant other, though, yep, right? Yep, okay, yeah. uh, besides Shape of Water, all these are definitely kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. Shape of Water, maybe adults only. Adults only. Adults only. For right? sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, from us to you, happy highs. Thanks, guys, for um, tuning in. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, until next time, uh, later, happy guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.